Alan Trotman on the fishbowl. Welcome. Hey, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, good. I'm glad to be here. Here we are at Horror Realm 2017, March yep. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is pretty crazy around here. I always love watching everybody's uh, costumes. And there's one guy walking around. Looks like he had his head caught in a radiator. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw one of the guys dressed up from uh, the Silent Hill video games. He okay. had the, the big uh, helmet on carrying the, the big axe around. Oh, is that what that is? I think, yeah, it's oh, from okay. uh, the Silent Hill games. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. looks like he uh, just stepped out of a steampunk time machine yeah, that, yeah. Uh, where he found a tuba that got wrapped around his head. Wrong. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I like to usually start off the show with asking my guests, what are some of your favorite films and what got you interested in film? Oh, wow. I'm not a big uh, horror fan myself. I am a fan of good movies in general, though. And there have been a number of really great horror films out there, like The Exorcist. It was still one of the scariest movies ever made in my, in my mind. That's a fantastic film. There was... Um, was it... Was it the nursery, the orphanage? The Something. orphanage. Yeah, yeah Spanish yeah, language yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, terrific film. Yeah, that I believe is a uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Oh, was it really? Yes. Oh, it didn't seem like. Okay, great. Yeah, that explains it because that was a terrific film. Yeah. <laughs> and well, his all of his films are are pretty yeah, pretty he's, awesome. He's Pan's Labyrinth. Was, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. I mean, the Hellboy movies are. Yeah. Phenomenal. Those are great. Um, it's like, speaking of Hellboy, I just watched Hellboy 2 this morning. And, you know, that film, it's like, I really like Hellboy 1, but there's something about Hellboy 2. With, it's like they go more into the world. that, And those worlds are just crammed right. with information, just visual right. um, ideas. Right. And just, just the, an imagination that just does not stop. Sometimes the stories are a bit of a mess. But, you know, that sort of happened with uh, movies like uh, Dark Crystal, where there was a completely realized, just crazy, detailed world, but a little bit at the expense of story, of comprehensibility and things like that. You know, the Dark Crystal, you know, Jim Hansen was was this phenomenal uh, person and created some phenomenal and extraordinary um, puppets for his films and the the Dark Crystal and uh, Labyrinth um, will always be some of my top top favorite movies from my childhood I mean you know David Bowie was phenomenal (laughs) you know rest in peace yeah Um, you know and Jennifer Connelly was great at you know, such a young age. Yeah, it's another movie that just, uh, totally like Guillermo goes, del Toro's movies, yeah. just exist in their own yeah. sphere, you know, yeah. uh, from the mind of a truly unique uh, talent. I, I mean, I just saw, actually shared on Facebook that it was, I believe, the 25th anniversary of the, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, how about that? I know all those guys. <laughs> when we uh, when we filmed uh, Dinosaurs, when we first started uh, rehearsals on the TV series, the dinosaurs' heads weren't complete yet. So we were rehearsing with the heads from the, the, the turtles. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were training on the, on the turtles' heads because most of us had never used the, the system before. Right. So it was, uh, that was quite an experience. 
Now, Dinosaurs was one of my top, top favorite shows growing up. Oh, great. Um, it was so Mine hysterical. <laughs> the concept in general is just so out there that I'm like, why, why can't we do more stuff like this? You know? Yeah, well, it was tough to get done even then right. uh, because it was so expensive. I think back then it was right. the most expensive half hour on TV at like a million dollars an episode, which is nothing now. Right, but right. still, we almost got canceled you know, three days into production because it was so, <laughs> it was so expensive. <laughs> it took us something like seven days to shoot the pilot, right. which is unheard of for a right. half hour sitcom. So, doing something like that again would not be easy. Right. And of course, these days it would be mostly CGI. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I have to say, you know, that disappoints me that CG is, is used so much now that it seems like it's overused. And, you know, there's something about practical effects that made the film look a little more real, it felt a little more real. And you were more invested in the characters because you could physically see them and know yeah. you could touch them. People's eyes are and brains have evolved over tens of thousands of years to recognize real physics in the real world. And if you're doing CG work and you don't get the physics quite right, how things fall with gravity, how weight is carried in a body, right. what jiggles, what doesn't, right. you know, your mind registers all that and it just rings hollow. Right. Uh, now, granted, they've got a lot better with that uh, they, in the they last few years, have. but to do it on a TV series budget is not easy. Right. And, you know, there are some shows that get awfully close. Uh, man, I just saw an episode of, um, you watch The Expanse? Yeah. On sci-fi? Yeah. Great series. Yeah. They just had, did an episode where uh, they had this CGI creature. Have you, are you caught up on? I don't want to. I don't want to give anything yeah, away yeah, here. Yeah, I'm caught but, up. But the, the, he has the scene with a creature who is blue. I will say that much. And I thought that was a really marvelous scene. Right. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, TV is really coming a long way here. Right. So. And even the show that I'm working on now, Splash and Bubbles on uh, PBS Kids, has, you look at it and you're not quite, if you, if you don't know how we shot it, how it was made, you wouldn't quite know if it was, there was some puppeteering going on, or if it was all CG, or if it was traditionally animated, or if it was, what's going on with that? And so I think in that sense, it's kind of a successful hybrid um, creation that simply exists to make the world work in its own terms and uh, I'm very pleased with the way it's uh, the way it's turning out that's awesome that uh, yet another show PBS has produced that you know yeah. is phenomenal I mean there's there's nothing like it on TV right. right now I mean we've all seen kids shows that are computer generated and they just look like very simple cartoons which right. is what they are this one looks like something else and it's uh, it's hard to um, to quite pinpoint exactly what's going on there, but but we shoot that like a like a live show. It's shot all at once with all the performers together and on the stage doing all the movements and all the faces and all the voices, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty impressive for the most part. There are other characters that are traditionally keyframe, so it's it's a very interesting kind of, of hybrid. 
And it's those types of things that really help push the um, technology forward. So who knows what dinosaurs would look like today if we were right. to, uh, to redo it. I don't know. I don't know. One of the greatest movies to pave the way for both animatronic and CG was the original Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. We were shooting dinosaurs when Jurassic Park came out. In fact, I remember the day we went to see it because our studio was like 10 minutes from Universal Studios. And so there were a group of us. We came in in the morning and then they said, well, we're changing the schedule around. We're not going to really need you till 4 o'clock or whatever it is. So we all ran over to Universal uh, City Walk to watch Jurassic Park. And we were all sitting there going, uh-oh. <laughs> This is the writing on the wall for animatronics. This is it. Oh my God. They've done it. They've created full CG characters now. And okay, we're screwed. <laughs> it wasn't quite that drastic, but it certainly was a period of adjustment. Well, I mean, the whole 2000s was more CG versus animatronic. And I think in the mid-late 2010s, um, we're starting to go back to we're using CG a lot still but I think Hollywood's starting to realize that CG all the time just doesn't look good and it doesn't feel right yeah just you know? because you can do something doesn't mean you should exactly exactly and uh, it gets overused it always has to be in deference to the story it always has to be done in a way that doesn't call attention to itself right it's an effect it's not necessarily why you go to see it. I mean, yeah, there's always part of you that just wants to see cool stuff. Right. But you can't do that for just two hours before right. it just falls right. apart. Right. Um, you know, one, one of my also favorite things that growing up was animation. You mm. know, like 2D animation. Mm -hmm. And we don't have enough of that anymore. And I kind of just have to say this because I'm talking with you. Um, I, I graduated from Point Park uh, last year for screenwriting. Oh. And um, I'm working on, uh, actually, you're going to hear this a lot on the fishbowl during the coverage of the Horror Realm convention, but um, I happen to have George Romero's desk. Um, and I'm writing my screenplays on George Romero's desk, and one of them happens to be a... It's definitely adult-themed cartoon show called uh, Grr! Exclamation Point, The Zombie Love Story. <laughs> and it's basically combining um, all of the zombie movie universes into one show. And oh, nice. I've written Tarman into the, <laughs> the show as a homeless zombie. <laughs> and he's holding a sign that says, you know, work for brains. <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic. I have a picture on my wall when we uh, wrapped dinosaurs of uh, Misha, Michelin Sisti, who was also one of the uh, turtles inside the suit. Inside uh, Sid, the Sid Turtlepuss character holding up a sign says, we'll work for food because <laughs> we were all going to be out of work pretty soon. <laughs> we, oh my God. That's a funny idea. I love that. Yeah, it's taking place. You, uh, did you get like possessed by uh, George's uh, spirit? You know, I actually you, uh, think I do. I think I do because um, you know I've written two zombie scripts, um, and I'm developing Creepshow into an anthology TV series. Oh, sweet! So right. you know, jo I think George's aura is, is 
is definitely flowing through me through the that's desk. That's fantastic. You know, so that's a story in itself. Oh, great! Well, good luck with that. Let me know how. Uh, let me know if uh, Tarman ever uh, makes it back to the to animated form. I'd love to see that. Oh, I, I have a feeling he definitely will. You know, so the the return of, of Tarman, as well as the trash zombie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how many other famous songs I mean really my protagonist his name is Ger Karloff okay you know cause the yeah. idea essentially with Ger zombie love story is that Night of the Living Dead happened right and we just now coexist with zombies but zombies still do everything zombies do right you know but it's just like accepted, you know. Okay. So sure. You know, sure. it's a crazy world. You know, murder happens all the time. But, but what are you gonna do? What There's are you zombies. gonna do? There's zombies. <laughs> you know, so you can't, you can't execute zombies. <laughs> right. They're people too. Or if you do, it just gets messy. <laughs> right. I guess. Right. <laughs> funny, funny. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, like uh, Greg the Bunny, where yeah, puppets yeah. are just another type of exactly. That, that's actually one of the inspirations. Citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That show was hysterical. I worked a little bit on that. I wasn't a regular, but I worked a few days here and there on that. That was a fun, fun set to be on. I like those people. Dan Milano is a great guy. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, quite all right. So, if you had to pick, let's say your top three favorite films. Doesn't have to be horror. Just, oh. just of your own personal favorites. What, what would they be? I'm trying to think of films that, if they were on TV and I happened to be walking by, I would be compelled to sit down and watch through to the end. So, by those standards, I would have to think of films like, and I don't know that I'm going to limit it to three, but just off the top of my head, there are films like Jaws and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like, you can't stop watching that if it's on. Uh, Mary Poppins does that to me. If Mary Poppins is on, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, this is pretty darn good. That's interesting <laughs> that we can talk about that because what do you think of them remaking Mary Poppins? Are they doing that? Yeah, um, Emily Blunt is supposedly going to play Mary Poppins. Oh, all right, well, she'll probably do a great job. She's you know. great. She's great in anything she does. Yeah. You know, but... And if she did it, if she's doing it, that means they probably have a pretty good script right. attached to it. And, um, you know... That was certainly done in a different era, right? And um, it's it's a product of its generation, but I think there's certainly a uh, story in there about certainly about Mr. Banks, which is what the story right, really right. is about anyway. That can apply to today. So it'd be uh, unless they're really doing it as a period piece back then, but with a you know like sensibility updated, yeah updated twist yeah yeah so or, or just from a, a more modern vantage point even if it's set in that period right so whatever they're going to do uh i'd be interested to see obviously i'm not completely neutral about this because i did the remake of jungle book <laughs> so i you know uh any other any other disney movies that disney wants to remake sure go right ahead maybe i'll work on them <laughs> so um Look, people can complain about doing remakes, but it's not like you're burning all the copies of the original. It'll always exist. Uh, and and I, uh, I also think it depends on what you're remaking. You know, because like when they remade Point Break, 
there is no reason to remake Point Break. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I know. Um, you know, when they remake a lot of these horror movies, like A Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, there's no reason to remake them. Of course. Because you're not going to capture what the originals had. Right. It was part of a certain time period with a certain thing going on right. and, you know, certain master filmmakers that were doing that stuff at, at that time. You're not going to, you know, recapture what those films had. But, you know, remaking films like Mary Poppins or, you know, one of my all-time favorite 80s movies is The Highlander. And they're uh, talking about remaking that. And that's a film that, you know, I honestly think deserves to be remade. I mean, Highlander was great for its time, but with the writing today and the technology and, you know, like I like Queen, but not that much. There's, there's, there's a, so what I hear you saying is that there's a germ of an idea in that movie that maybe in its 80s shell might not be the most currently, the best expression of it. So we could probably do a little better. Right. Yeah. And, and there's certainly a reason enough to want to remake it. Right. And I think they're even um, remaking Scarface with DiCaprio, which should be quite okay. interesting. I'm very excited to see what that was because, right. you know, the original Scarface, it's it's a product of the 80s, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, very much so. And it's Brian De Palma. It's Brian De Palma. Very idiosyncratic right. filmmaking right. style. Right. But, I mean, if we'll be Which honest, I love. Right, but it's I, very I love it too. It's very De Palma. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, the the one that I like more is Carlito's Way. And yeah, that's really what Scarface should have been. Yeah, and something about Carlito's Way, just the vibe of that movie. And that was that, that was, was also, also De Palma. Yeah. yeah, was that made before or after? After. Oh, that's um, interesting. That was the '90s, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I I, I like Carlito's Way. That was a really interesting film. Man, that he loves doing. He loves doing set pieces at uh, Grand Central Terminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that whole sequence he does that's like one long tracking shot. Where right. He, where he's trying to evade them at the at the train station. Right. It's just brilliant. Brilliant. And then here's, sorry, spoiler alert, he gets shot in the end. But, yeah. you know, just the stuff that he has to go through. You know, up with, with evading the mafia, you know, trying to escape, and then to get shot by John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, yeah. Yeah, Billy, Billy, who Billy just from pops the back in, who, yeah. right? You know, and it's like you know to get shot after all that by a punk. Yeah. You know, it, it one, you know, it's a great ending because it shows that that life, you know, there's no escape. No matter, yeah. you know, it, it, it makes it more like a classic tragedy. Right, exactly. You know? Exactly. A guy that just wanted to get out but gets pulled back in. It's, it's funny, and it's I say that because pretty much Al Pacino says that line in Godfather sure. Part 3. You of know? course. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, Carlito's Way is a fantastic film. One of my all-time favorite Pacino films. Yeah, that actually happens to have been on the TV when I was walking past in the living room <laughs> once, and I, I was like, oh, this is a good movie, and I sat down <laughs> and I watched the rest of it. <laughs> but that was probably just because I hadn't seen it in so long. Right. But it was pretty gripping, and it was only the last like, half hour. Right. So, and Sean Penn is, is amazing in that. Yeah, Sean Penn was great. But uh, I think that's a good place to stop. Um, okay. 
Fantastic. Alan. This has been fun. This was really fun. Thank you for swimming in the bowl with me. My pleasure. I'll get my snorkel next time. I can stay a little longer. <laughs> I would love that. We'll definitely do a follow-up interview. All right. Fantastic. Awesome. Anytime. Thank you so much. Sure thing.